0: Hello, and welcome to the Folk Music Podcast. My name is Anders. Um, in this episode, I'm speaking with Norwegian hardanger fiddler Guro Kvifte Nesheim. I'm very happy that she um, could join me for this episode, because she has a lot of experience when it comes to today's topic, which is Nordic traditional music as an ensemble art form. Yes, this is how nerdy and niche the show is already on episode three. <laughs> so this is actually something I've been uh, working on figuring out. I mean, on the one hand, I started the show to be able to have a deeper, more detailed conversation about folk music. But on the other hand, I don't want it to become so nerdy that it completely alienates more casual fans of folk music. So please let me know if you have thoughts about this. Um, You can contact me with ideas about the show at thefolkmusicpodcast at gmail.com. There's also an email newsletter for the show that you can sign up for to get information about the individual episodes at the time uh, that they become available. So uh, please visit the folkmusicpodcast.com to learn more about that. Now, as I mentioned, today's guest is Guru Kufte Nesheim. She is a young musician that I've been following for a while. And uh, I'm very impressed by her various projects and how she's able to blend a lot of different sounds and instruments together with the traditional hardanger fiddle music. Part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this topic today is that, unlike Irish and Scottish music, Nordic and especially Norwegian music has remained for the large part a soloistic tradition. Um, I can only really name a handful of Norwegian folk music bands that I know, uh, whereas I could spend all day probably, listing all the uh, Irish and Celtic bands that I listen to. So I wanted to dig deeper into why this is and if things might be changing in the future. Now, we had some challenges with the audio in this episode, Um, the internet connection was a bit glitchy, so at times we weren't completely in sync with each other, Uh, and that's why the conversation might sound a bit stiff at times, but I do think we got to explore some interesting topics, and I definitely came away from this conversation with a deeper understanding of all of this, so without any further ado, here is my conversation with Guru Kvifte-Nesheim. Okay, so uh, I'm here with Guru Kvifti Esheim. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: So, so um, yeah, I'm really happy that you uh, could join me for this third episode because I think you are the perfect guest to discuss this topic that I want to get into today. And um, I've been aware of your work for a couple of years now. Um, and I have to say I'm a big fan. <laughs> I mm. think... Uh, <laughs> I first like uh, discovered your music when you released your first album with your uh, uh, quintet, GKN5, uh, mm-hmm. GKN5. <laughs> um, and I remembered when I heard it uh, that it sounded very fresh and uh, quite unlike most other um, ensemble recordings of Nordic music that I've heard. Um, so I'd really like to sort of pick your brain (laughs) about how you approach that whole project. Um, but you're also a super productive person. Uh, just this week you released a single this Monday with your band and you have another album coming up this Friday. So, uh, (laughs) that's really impressive. Um, (laughs) thank you. So, but I have a bunch of questions that I want to uh, get into, but before uh, before we dive down into Nerdland, maybe you mm-hmm. can just quickly um, introduce yourself and uh, your musical background for any of the listeners who might not be familiar with you.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah so I, I'm Guro, and I grew up in Oslo, uh, in Norway, yeah, and then I started playing the hardanger fiddle when I was seven years old, and it was the only thing I wanted to play, so I was, yeah, I decided I wanted to play the hardanger fiddle when I was three years old, and then when I finally got my fiddle at seven, I was so eager to start, so. Uh,
0: but you, you're from a musical family, there is traditional music in your family?
1: Yeah, it is. So my dad, he is a folk musician and a folk music professor. So I've had it. Uh, Yeah, I I grew up with it. And every summer we used to go to a fiddle player uh, called Salva. And uh, him and my dad would play together and I really wanted to join. Uh, And we all, uh, yeah, and then, like at the same time, when they were playing, me and my brothers were eating lots of candy because we got so much candy from him and <laughs> his <laughs> wife. <laughs> so, I think. So, it
0: kind of, sorry, kind of a way to hook you onto folk music there, like yeah, bribing you was... with candy while he was playing the hard Yeah.
1: Iron. <laughs> oh, that's a good strategy. Uh, so, yeah. So, it was, uh, uh, that was really helpful, I think. And then. Uh, it, yeah, then we continued going to his place and I learned a lot of tunes from him during the years. And then I started in a Spelmanslag, like a fiddle group uh, in Bärum, with a lot of great musicians and people. Uh, and that was a really safe and nice environment to be in to explore the music further. And uh, I think, yeah, we had a very nice leader of the um, Spelmannslag, who was called Halva Kola, and he was like always uh, uh, telling all of us to explore uh, the music within the tradition and also take it to other uh, corners. And like, uh, yeah, there was no limits on what you were allowed to do with the music. So mm. I think many of us that went there was, uh, uh, we really have that kind of view on the music. Uh, And we got that from him.
0: Cool. Mm. And then uh, you ended up studying music in Sweden, right?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I ended up... uh, I went to a fiddle camp called Ethno, which is like a world music camp where people from all over the world meet. And it was in Rettvik in in, uh, Dalarna in Sweden. And that kind of changed... uh, yeah, my whole world at the time, I think, and I just met a lot of new friends from all over and got to learn a lot of music from all over. And then I had... And was that was that like friends.
0: your the first? Sorry, what was that when you kind of discovered the Swedish scene as well, or did you know yeah. about Swedish music before that?
1: I knew about Swedish music before that cuz when I grew up we used to go to Falun Folk Music Festival.
0: Ah, oh, I see. Yeah.
1: In yeah, so and that was very like a dreamy time when we got to go up there and hang out with uh, all my parents uh, friends and mm. uh, in, yeah, the red houses and lots of music everywhere and stuff. But then I hadn't been there for many years when I went to ethno. And that was kind of when I discovered that scene by myself. Uh, and I just really loved the uh, vibe. Like it was so like both in the f- Swedish folk music scene, but also at the ethno, it was kind of the same open-minded, nice vibe, I think. Mm. And people like the thing that was really... Like, uh, amazing, I thought, was that people were playing together all the time and the people were so good at just, like, sitting down, playing together all Mm. of this music. And, uh, I've yeah, I had been, like, jamming and stuff before that, but not... uh, I hadn't seen it in such a big uh, kind of... uh, Yeah, scale, yeah, because everyone, like... Thousands of people can stand at the same time and be mm. playing together uh, and, and in different you, groups as well.
0: Mm. Did you did you experience the, the Swedish uh, sort of jam scene to be different than, than the Norwegian at that point?
1: Yeah, it's very different, I think. But then we have, like, some... I think the Norwegian jam scene have been, like, a bit uh, inspired by the Swedish. Like, so there are some people that have been to Sweden or, like, to the UK or the US because it's a bit... It's kind of the same thing going on there, mm. uh, but it's a bit different as well. Uh, uh, and so we have people in Norway that are kind of uh, jamming in the same way, but mm. then it it is very different because I think, like, uh, when I grew up, a jam would be more that one people played the hardanger fiddle and people around were listening, and then we were sending around the fiddle. And I would be really happy if someone gave the fiddle to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I know uh, what you mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, the, well, the way I look at it is like, <clears throat> like if you if you look at uh, Nordic and Norwegian music historically, uh, for the like the majority of the of the history of the music, it has been a solistic. Tradition, uh, yeah. and it has been predominantly uh, dance music, right? It, it had like a mm. functionality as um, to provide music for the dancers, and because of this, so much information had to be like uh, baked into the tunes. Uh, I mean, mm. you need rhythm in the tunes, so uh, you you can't really afford to have a lot of breaks and stuff. You need to have a constant beat to the to the actual music. Mm. Um, you kind of need a catchy melody Because th- you mm. have to play the tune several times And you don't want the dancers to, to bore of it And um, and like ideally you also want some like Harmonic information in there as mm. well Since there are no accompanying instruments um, Underneath yeah. it and, But the thing is like when you take this music And you try to put it into an ensemble environment Or, or a jam with guitar players and drummers And all that stuff It becomes a bit crowded like in my experience it can be tricky to fit Mm. all these elements in because there's so much in the tune already and when you try to Mm. take it in different directions then it kind of feels forced you know what i mean if you play the the wrong wrong chord it feels like now you're not really doing the folk music anymore you're kind of like playing something else on top of it yeah Mm. so um uh, that's kind of my uh, experience with the music and um uh, maybe we could segue into uh, your album that I'm such a big fan of. Um, yeah, That's the Be- Best Yeah, Bestastovo. Mm? So So um, the way I understand it, uh, this is kind of a, a band that you have more or less put together uh, originally. Um, mm? And um and the music on it, I think it's a combination of traditional hardanger tunes that you learned from your um, from your mentor Salva, uh, but maybe mm. also some original tunes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mm. And what I like about it is that it has like a very um uh, unorthodox lineup, like you have tambourine and guitar and bass clarinet and nyckelharpa and hardanger fiddle in in one band. Mm. Um. But the way you guys arrange the tunes make it sound very, very organic um, and not forced at all. So I'd like to hear your uh, thoughts about how you how you approach that project.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this project started like in kind of in the um, feel of what you were describing earlier, because uh, about the. Uh, feeling of the music being forced and stuff uh, while playing uh, that because I'd been jamming a lot with Swedish musicians and stuff and also Norwegian. yeah, Just people in general, I'd been jamming a lot and playing like Swedish tunes and that would work out well, I th- thought. And then we were. it was always like, yeah, let's play a Norwegian one, like our dunger fiddle tune. And it always felt so bad like mm. it felt terrible because um, but do you feel like is,
0: is there a difference uh from the swedish to the norwegian music then is there something about the swedish music that makes it kind of easier to put into like a band context or is it that it has just been done more in sweden than in norway
1: i think it's a combination uh because uh or it's mostly because it has been done more in sweden so uh, they have all the like the tools for doing it mm. so we haven't had any tools for that especially the hardanger fiddle tunes that's yeah. like where i come from and uh, there we also have this very free form as well it's sometimes very improvised uh, the length of the parts and stuff mm. and uh, that's been like uh, i've played this music in many different like constellations or like band bands where where it's been terrible because I've had to count <laughs> all the time so it's yeah. been like two, okay three times first time round then five times the next mm. and then yeah and that's so, kind so, so of so just, sorry,
0: a... but just to clarify for listeners who aren't familiar with the Hardanger yeah. tradition in Norway like there's kind of a difference between the the regular fiddle tradition where the tunes are usually kind of set at least these days, like it's an A part and a B part, and they they're both yeah. eight bars like that. But in the yeah. in the world of hardanger fiddle, the tunes are more um, organic in a way that like they can be. Yeah,
1: they're motive they're motive based. So yeah. we have something that's called like a small motive form, and that's like uh, you have maybe a, a motive that goes over two bars, and then uh, I can choose to play that maybe four times if I want to, and then I can make variations on it. Mm. And then I can decide, like in the moment, how many times I'll play it and stuff. And that kind of creates a very hard um, uh, situation in the band, a uh, uh, playing situation as well. Because then it's like, how many times are we playing it? Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so, and- so
0: you wanted to bring that element of the music into the band as well?
1: Yeah, because I was so tired of feeling stressed out when I was playing the Hardanger fiddle tunes. Because, like, yeah. the whole form <laughs> thing was so, so stressful to be like, okay, I might have. Because usually I would set, I would record myself and then I would uh, learn how I was playing the tune after I'd recorded it. So I mm. kind of had the set form. And then I'd had to, like, uh, Yeah, learn a tune from myself again and always be counting, and it was really stressful. Mm. Yeah, Uh, and I didn't want to spend like spend energy on that while playing the music because I feel like there's so much uh, uh, more thing I could uh, dive into musically if I wouldn't have to spend time on counting Mm. all the time. So, we needed a way to. Uh, kind of um, yeah so with this project I was uh, actually my exam work at the um, Academy of Music and Drama in Gothenburg so I wanted to find a way how to play the hardanger fiddle music in a band where it felt organic and where it felt like the band members were actually adding something to the music and making it, making like the hardanger fiddle uh, sound more, even stronger and not uh, like the um, I wanted to Get away from the part where it felt like it was stealing something and from my tunes, and yeah. where yeah, because yeah, so, it actually it oh. actually
0: feels like you're playing together on the album. Uh, oh,
1: that's nice.
0: <laughs> because because on so many other like projects I've heard with the Hardanger, it's just the Hardanger plays its thing, and very often, like you say, in the, like a very decided fashion, and then everyone else yeah. is, they're just doing their own thing around it, which. Mm. It's interesting but it's it's not really playing folk music together which i suppose would be the goal could be yeah, the
1: goal. yeah i think for yeah for for me that's been the goal and i also mm. with that band i wanted to like um i wanted the sound to be a bit like uh, a swedish new trad band like a uh, new trad i mean like they play together and it sounds traditional when they do. So I kind of wanted to create that same vibe in my quintet. And then that oh, meant could that just, all the Could you
0: just elaborate on that when you say they play together and it sounds traditional?
1: Yeah, it's like, because uh, uh, I, I see it kind of in a way that some, uh, some bands have kind of a fusion sound. So they mm. add elements from many different... Um, many different styles, and it becomes kind of a fusion feel. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then you have the play together, and it sounds traditional. Then it's kind of a style that's been uh, developed like the last 40 years or something, I guess, in Sweden. Mm. And, and, and a lot by, by, by
0: groups groups like Vesen and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, Vesen, Free Foot, uh, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, groupa early grupa, I think, mm. as well. And uh, there, yeah, I think it was kind of in... I wanted to kind of create this, like, a free foot and a vast and early grupa sound for the... W- with the Hardanger. Uh, hardanger fiddle music, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, mm, that was kind of... I wanted to have the same approach to the music, I think. Mm. So it would be something like that everyone in the band were supposed to know the tunes very well. So they would know, they would have to know the style. So we've been nerding a lot together. Like I've learned them all the small drills I do and all the small, Mm. um, rhythmical differences and all the variations. And then my bowing has been very important. So. We've taken like uh, Jens, uh, the drummer. He's been, uh, or actually everyone in the band in any accompaniment. We've taken my bowing as a starting point. So mm-hmm. we we're sitting like uh, I play I play the tune, and they are only playing like a um, like a chord or just like one note, and they will play the rhythm I do with my bow. So bo- 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 yeah, and we sit sit like that for maybe an hour <laughs> until <laughs> the whole... Yeah, so it's very <laughs> crazy times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, well, it works. <laughs> so, but but mm. what did you do to bring the sort of the improvised element into the band? Because when you're playing on your own, obviously you can make all the decisions on the fly. But mm. when you're five people playing together, how, how do you solve that? Do you have like, this is an open part of the arrangement or... Or is it more of a like a fluent thing?
1: Um, It's kind of both. Um, So it depends a bit on the tunes, but I have some, like there's two or at least one springer that I have, uh, it's called Lindborgen, it's on the the Best A album, and they're I have like, I've made the arrangement so that I can play whatever I want on the top because the band are only playing like ba, 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 so they have two notes each Mm. and uh, we create like chords on that. And then those chords works on the whole tune. So then I can do whatever I want. Um, okay. And they will follow me, and then there's then there's like a very fluent thing. they can just it's very easy for them to follow me as well. Mm. But then we have some other some other tunes with like um, where I normally play like set parts when I play it, and then I have like some parts that I keep open, uh, and then we know that and then I'll cue when it's time to go. Yeah. Uh, mm. so then yeah, I'll watch them and make it strange face and then
0: (laughs) 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 Ah, cool Mm. so um, yeah and and this band you just came up with a new single this Monday Um, Mm -hmm. and this is a part of an upcoming album I think
1: yeah it is yeah so uh, yeah we released uh, another single in April Mm -hmm. which is out Uh, and then that's also part of our next album that's out on Uh, in October I think September or October uh, it depends a bit on the situation uh, situation yeah Um, because it's normally good to like have a couple of gigs when you release an album Mm. so you can sell the CDs Mm. as well
0: (laughs) yeah and these days like one of the main reasons for making an album is so you can get gigs right
1: yeah it is and it's hard when
0: you don't even know if there's festivals on next year like at least for my projects i find it very hard to to know like do i send booking emails for next year or do i wait or you know what i mean
1: yeah it's so hard and also i think a lot of the festivals are kind of doing the same they're rebooking the whole festival from this summer and then it's like ah yeah we don't have any gigs in two years then or yeah so then do you wait one extra year
0: on? <laughs> to release the album or what do you do like it's
1: yeah, it's very hard to know. Mm. Uh, but yeah, but I'm starting to feel like I really just want to get the album released and then you might try to find, or you might get gigs anyway when it's out. Mm. It's uh, Then people can listen easily and yeah,
0: stuff. Cool.
1: But we'll see. Mm?
0: But but uh, you also have, uh, as I mentioned in intro, a bunch of other projects going on. Like you did the folk rock project a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, Skreck och Guro.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: that's that's uh, I I really like that album as well. Like very fun project. It kind of reminded <laughs> me on uh, I don't know if you're into this stuff, but like, uh, or I suspect you're like the, that whole seventies uh, folk rock folk revival thing. Because it yeah. reminded me very much about um, bands like folk. You know, you, you know them.
1: Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Like <laughs> this is getting very nerdy and very niche. But like in, in the seventies, right? There's a folk revival in England and America and Scandinavia, uh, and uh, like Fairport Convention stuff like that in the UK. Uh, but we had a handful of really cool bands in Norway and Sweden as well, like Kebnekaise, uh, Hedningarna. Mm-hmm and folk in Norway, uh, spelled Mm. in a very artsy way, like F-O-L-Q-U-E, something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like that's maybe sort of like the first real attempt to blend uh, sort of uh, rock or uh, more like Western musical elements into the folk music. And I think they did a pretty good job at it, considering the tools they have available. Um, yeah. So, are, are you a fan of that kind of music as well?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, a lot of fun listening to it. So, I think it's a kind of a guilty pleasure music. Yeah,
0: because there's like rock tricks with like real drum kits, um, electric guitars, and yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, it's kind of a guilty pleasure feeling, and I get very happy when I hear it. Mm. It's like and and. And then now there's of course like, uh, yeah. When I make music, I would probably choose like a bit different tools and stuff. Mm. Uh, um, and what I kind of like with the or like, what I like with the the Skreko uh kind of approach to the Hardanger fiddle tunes because we play like hardanger fiddle tunes but we also play like uh, original tunes and uh, tunes that's not that doesn't sound very traditional either but what we do with the hardanger fiddle tunes we kind of have the same approach as we have with the GKM5 in the like so the rhythm has to be uh, kind of in the right right we have to play together and uh, the band needs to know my bowing and Like the everything we add is supposed to like kind of uh, actually fit with the Hardanger fiddle Mm. tune, but then we use like very rock uh, sounds and stuff. Yeah, and it's
0: it's it's kind of fun, isn't it? Like it's there's a lot of yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's uh, like we really have a laugh a lot of times when we play. Yeah, and I really like your uh... album
0: covers as well, like or the single covers. Maybe like the they looked like some like stuff they would do in the seventies with the
1: uh... yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, very funny. Yeah, we looked. Yeah, we tried to do like um copy uh, ish of uh, some seventies albums like classics.
0: Yeah, like uh, from the right All the right colors <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then we did on our album. We had our folk costumes on and uh, post. Uh, we were posing with the big uh, motorbike. So
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> so, but as I said, I, I think those bands did a really important groundwork to start bringing people from outside the folk music tradition into the folk music tradition. Uh, because yeah. at that point, the only people who played folk music they were playing fiddle there weren't any folk music guitar players or folk music drummers as we have today no so uh mm. like you have, you have to start at so- somewhere <laughs> mm. um and as we like touched on earlier the swedes they kind of got into this whole thing a bit earlier than us because there aren't really that many folk music bands in norway really when i when i start to think of it like there's a few projects in the 90s with the bruse i guess you could Classify them as kind of a band And and a lot of the stuff that Amber bjorg did Was very uh, innovative for her time But we haven't really Mm -hmm. had bands in the same ways As the Swedes have had since the 90s And the Irish and the Scottish have had since the 70s Or even 60s So like we're kind of late to the party But but I feel like a lot of stuff is happening now A lot of exciting stuff is happening So do you think that we could uh, be on the verge of like a Norwegian... Uh, kind of ensemble revival or or something like that
1: yeah I think so or I hope so at least I think there are like a lot of great players now Mm. that also are very like open minded and uh, uh, creative so I think like a lot of cool things are happening now and will continue to happen like in the years to come Mm. Um, so it's very exciting to see. Uh, yeah, it's hard to know, though. Maybe it's uh, just like a s- small uh, period now, but I kind of have a feeling that, uh, that it will like probably change a bit now in the coming years and become bigger and uh, that many cool projects will happen, I think.
0: Mm. Yeah, it feels, mm. it feels feels like we're in some sort of a period now where a lot of interesting stuff is happening. Uh, yeah. And hopefully, more people will like uh, be aware of this kind of music. Um, yeah, I hope so. Because I think that, uh, like putting the uh, or placing the Norwegian music in in bands and ensembles kind of makes it a bit more accessible for people. Uh, who haven't grown up with the music like uh, just mm-hmm. speaking for myself like I used to be uh, in- more into jazz and other kinds of stuff other kinds of music before I discovered folk music and back then mm. I-, I didn't understand anything of hardanger music well hardly still do to be honest but like mm-hmm. it would be very hard for me to sit through an entire like five minutes solo hardanger fiddle but yeah but when I uh Discovered Ambjörg Lien And her like Kind of Poppish uh, Fancy arrangements Then I kind of mm. got pulled in And then I got more Curious about Okay but what's Behind all of this Like where's the source You know what I mean So mm. So I think that can be Like Important It's important that we have The hardcore stuff But the hardcore stuff Will Will, will always be there I think um, So it's It's nice to have some Gateway drugs Maybe
1: <laughs> Yeah I think so <laughs> Uh and, uh, it would be, I think the goal could be to play, like to make some music that both the hardcore scene likes and True. the, uh, the others also like the more newcomers, yeah. like to be able to make something that suits everyone. Yeah.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. I It th- would be fun. Th- I think you, well, I don't know about the hardcore people, but I, I think you've succeeded with, with, the, with your projects, anyway. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Now, if people uh, uh, want to listen to your music or, uh, or learn more about you, where can they find you on the internet?
1: Uh, they can find me, uh, yeah, on Instagram and uh, on uh, Bandcamp. That's where I'd uh, like like you to check out my music I'm on all the digital platforms but Bandcamp is really nice I think okay so uh, and com. that's like uh, I have a record label and that's the name of that I have it with together with my dad and my brother actually so that's where everything is released
0: proper f- family business
1: yeah it's a family business <laughs> I also have a website, gurukfitnessm.nu, uh, I think. All right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm also releasing a new album on Friday. Oh, yeah, so sorry, sorry, but we didn't yeah. talk about
0: that. Uh, mm. Why don't you tell us a bit uh, about that project as yeah. well before we uh, wrap it up?
1: <laughs> it's with um, uh, the legendary fiddle player, Mats Aden. He's been like, a part of this whole process that we were talking about earlier with, uh, uh, with the, yeah, he was in Grupa and he's been a part of that movement that have been kind of changing the Swedish folk music scene, and uh, we met in uh, at the festival in Sweden, Ransäterstämman, and uh, he has also been my teacher at the Academy of Music and Drama and that kind of uh uh evolved into that we really like to play together so we have been jamming and jamming and jamming for many hours at that festival at and then uh we des- yeah so that's like Hardanger fiddle tunes yeah that I play Hardanger fiddle tunes and I keep them very open and improvised, and then he is improvising second harmonies to it. Hmm. So what you hear on the album is kind of a, a one take a thing going on, <laughs> and then the next time we play the tune, it will sound completely different. So
0: yeah, so it's it's that kind hmm. of a project. Hmm.
1: Yeah, so it's very yeah from from time to time, like the tunes change. Very much, so it's very open. And uh, he's, uh, like Mats, he's a god on, like, improvising and improvising second harmonies. Nice mm, great. Um, mm. So uh, it's so much fun to play with him. And, uh, yeah, the album is called Den Kald Stekte, so it's, like, the cold fried, so it doesn't make sense. Uh, but <laughs> it's about, uh, there's some, it's a tune that's called, that, and it's about... Um, there's many different stories about how the tune uh, was um, got its name and it's mostly because, And but the kind of similar thing in all those stories is that someone starts to play and then forgets about the food uh, and then the food either is fried and then gets cold before they uh, realize or... They just forget to fry it, uh, and then it's called the cold <laughs> fried. Anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and we've been in kind of, when we've rehearsed and stuff, mean and Mats, we've kind of forgotten about eating and uh, forgotten about <laughs> um, our coffee, and things have been cold, and we've been stressed out, like, because we've been so much in the music, like, really... <laughs> It's been really intense and then you kind of forget everything else and then suddenly you realize you're really hungry and like, oh fuck, we've forgotten to eat. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I know the feeling. Yeah.
1: yeah. Great, mm. and and and, mm. and
0: that is out this Friday, is it? Yeah. Cool. 5th
1: of June. We were supposed to release it on Ransaterstemman, but uh, it was canceled. Which is a big canceled. folk
0: music festival in Sweden, right? Yeah. It's but, but it's canceled as everything else, yeah
1: yeah it's the best uh stemma i think
0: (laughs) cool well i'm super impressed that you managed to have all of these projects going on all the time even under these uh, circumstances that we find ourselves in so very inspiring (laughs) and thanks for coming on the show
1: thank you so much for having me uh it's really nice to see all the amazing stuff you're doing as well
0: (laughs) oh thanks thanks I hope we bump bump into each other in the real world soon
1: yeah (laughs) I hope so too Mm. thank you so much
0: cool take care okay so uh, thanks for listening to my conversation with Guro I would highly recommend everyone to go out and check out her music it's uh, really really good Um, I'll make sure to include links to all of the music that we were discussing in this episode in the show notes And you can also visit thefolkmusicpodcast.com to get more information about the individual episodes. So that was all for today, but I'm looking forward to be back next week with another episode of the Folk Music Podcast. Until then, I wish you a great week, and I'll see you soon.